Welcome back to the Stone Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Bengoff, alongside Daniel Fife. And Daniel, it feels like it's been too long since we've said that. I'm, I'm just worried about like pulling a muscle in my, my return. You know, I'm, just, I'm a little nervous, but we'll get, we'll work through it. We're a bit rusty. Um, just it'll as, be, it, just as every great is. Um, this is like <laughs> Michael Jordan after he played baseball. Like we're back. We're wearing yeah. number 45 right now, but we're, we'll get back to that number 23 soon <laughs> enough. Um, so last time you listeners heard Dan and I, we were talking about bragging rights and we split up some of our favorite rivalries across sports. And we just did a count, and we believe that I am winning. I don't want to talk about it. Well, I will. Um, <laughs> and even with this... we, we forgot one of the largest rivalries in sports: Yankees Red Sox. Right. But of course, myself being a, a Yankees fan, living in New York City, Dan having to oppose everything I do, he chose the sure. Red Sox. And here we are right now with the Yankees and Red Sox gunning for first place. So we'll see how that turns out towards September, October, because it looks like those two teams will be the front runners for the ALCS, which is what we all want in right. sports. It's just frustrating. It's, I mean, it's literally like fantasy football. I mean, you, you, you have a working knowledge of sports, but like you're basically just blindly throwing darts to the wall and they're all just hitting like triple 20s. And it, I, don't, I don't know what else to do anymore. It's It's... You're beating me at my own game. Dan is referring to the fact that I have been in his fantasy football league now for two years, and I have won the past two years. Um, he's not happy about it. I forgot about our draft last year and had to quickly step into a Starbucks after work one night to draft and pick Todd Gurley in the first round, of which Dan said that that was not a good move. And Well, if you follow sports, you know where that was headed. I've never been more excited to talk about music. I'm just, I'm just ready to move on. Yes. Already. So as Dan has said, I have a working knowledge of sports. So obviously we're going to stick with music for this topic. Stick um, to music. And this podcast has been one that this, 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 this specific episode is one that has been in the works now for about a few weeks. And it seems with each passing week, it becomes more and more irrelevant, but at the same time, more and more necessary to do. 2016 was a great year for rap music, arguably one of the best since the 2010 and 2013. It seems like every three to five years, we get a great year in rap. 2016 was a great year. Last year, we had a little bit of a drop off with only Kendrick, Jay-Z kind of pulling through for all of us. 2018 looks like it could be the best year in a long, long time. We already have so many great albums released. We look at the release schedule and we have too many to count coming out this summer. Um, we're going to try to keep it to 30 minutes, but honestly, I can't promise anything. What Dan and I are going to do is we're going to look at all the great rap albums that are coming out. We're going to give you a little breakdown for each one of them. Um, but also, let's start with some of the albums that have come out before this podcast is air we have kod j cole's newest album post malone beer bongs and bentley's cardi b released an album it's we've already had an amazing amount of music we have singles from drake we have singles from Childish gambino um dan i know that cardi b and 
Beer Bongs and Mentleys made your top three albums of the year so far. Because um, you're a big post guy. I I would like to I would like to redact that from the conversation. I, I don't consider myself a big post guy. Um, I I mean huge post guy. I mean here's the thing, and I'll get it more into it whenever we talk about his album. But yeah, it's uh he's good. Like he's he's definitely an enjoyable listen. And the fact that he's a Dallas guy, I mean, y- you want especially with the presence Houston rap has had and how influential it's been, especially in the two thousands. Like you want to see Dallas start to make waves in the in the hip-hop scene um so you know sink or swim i do kind of have to attach myself to post malone and and you do as well to an extent but i mean definitely i I wouldn't call him one of my favorites but yeah i mean his album uh sat at number one and two for a few weeks on the apple music charts i mean he's definitely becoming a nationwide success um in terms of his album, though, like, how do you feel it differed from his previous work? How do you feel like it stayed the same? Um, it wasn't one of my favorites, so I don't know that I'm necessarily the person to talk about his album without making a, a critique of it. But for someone who did enjoy it, right. um, just like some initial thoughts you had on it. Yeah, I mean, I would say the production was a little bit more polished on this one, um, but there were elements of rap that were on Stony uh, that I didn't feel weren't as prevalent on this album. This one was very pop heavy, um, which is kind of my current frustration with the post Malone crowd right now, uh, or just post Malone in general. I'm just, he's categorized as this hip hop rap guy, but we're seeing him move more and more away from this hip hop and rap, like sound feel and everything. And he's now in this, I would definitely say he's in, more of a pop category. Um, and so that kind of rubs me the wrong way. And of course people would, as, as a big Drake fan, people would probably throw Drake in my face a little bit there, but Drake is always, I mean, he, he has the ability to, to spit bars on tracks, especially in, in some of the features he's given this year. Uh, but post is really, he's just stick stuck to this, a very pop heavy sound. Uh, and so because of that, I really, I didn't want to like it. I, I, I I, I gave it a listen again, didn't hear a ton of rap influences in it. And I just like, it, it frustrated me, but it's just so dadgum catchy. I mean, this guy, he, he has the formula for himself to kind of formulate his own, uh, just hit machine. Like he, he just one after another track. You could see kind of, you know, there's, there's either a line or a hook, or maybe there's, there's a feature in there, or just the production in general that really you could see it as like, that could be a hit in, you know, three or four months, whenever the album is revisited by people or and especially, obviously there's, there's a few right now that are making it big. And it's interesting because he, he definitely knows how to cater to his audience. I mean, he's kind of in that crowd of, I mean, obviously he's, he's from grapevine, Texas. And we know what we know of grapevine, Texas is there's not like, I mean, he's not coming from like Pusha T or or Kendrick's background. Like, it's it's a very um, more more of a. I mean, his dad his dad works for the Dallas Cowboys, so it's a very like simpleton kind of. You know, he's moved throughout his life, and you know, basically the only thing that's gone wrong is like his relationships, and so he's really catering to this like middle America crowd to where he's. I mean, clearly by the numbers he's done this year, I mean he out he outsold J Cole in the first week. I mean, he's clearly become 
uh, a pop sensation. Do, I mean, what do you, what else do you think kind of goes into his like his allure, but basically what, what has created this kind of monster in, in the music scene? Well, that's, that's the thing that I'm thinking about, especially comparing him to J. Cole, where J. Cole would be considered a more pure rapper. Right. And so I think as these Post Malones and these Drakes and these SoundCloud rappers that are really focused on making pop music that also could be considered rap music, um, learning how to compare the two is going to be a big thing that especially this summer as we're seeing all these albums come out where someone as old as Kanye, or if you think he's 40 and over now, um, how does that affect how people are going to compare his album to Beer Bongs and Bentleys this year? Um, Post Malone is leading that charge. He's leading the charge into the pop music scene where Drake still has bangers, rap bangers on his albums. And he's still going to have his hip-hop influences. I know that he's ventured into Caribbean style and UK pop and things like that, but at the heart of it, he is a hip-hop artist. Where Post Malone is a rapper, I have a friend who sat next to him at graduation at Grapevine High School, and when... In, she had never talked to him before. And she said, Austin, what are you going to do after graduation? And he looked at her and he said, I'm going to be a rapper. And she just kind of was like, okay, have fun failing and like not fulfilling that dream. And now he's, he's famous. But the thing about it is that he says, I'm going to be a rapper. And now he's making pop music that's got some sort of rap. I mean, Florida Georgia Line is using trap influence right. on their music now that it's like, what is the point of form versus content when it comes to rap music? Yeah, and I think that there's a a clearness and a conciseness that comes with kind of his, you know, kind of his lyricism, his sound. I mean, you think of like, a, I mean, if we use, you know, like T.I.'s voice and Ye versus the people, and like there's kind of, again, there's this lack of diction to where like you, his words can kind of blend together to where you're like, what did he just say? I think as big as future's gotten he's another example of someone or designer people that like again like you can hear like the sound they're producing but there there's not like a, a too many lyrics you could like hold on to and especially again one with with kind of like post having this clear uh you know compelling voice and two with kind of the simplicity of like you know pretty much every song he has out there has has a has a catchy hook that is is pretty repetitive and um, how it all kind of blends together. And then again, there's always these like one or two memorable lines in every song uh, to where that's what, you know, the more you hear this, the more people, you know, honestly like tweet about it and put it in their Instagram captions, the more people are drawn uh, to this character of Post Malone. Yeah. I think then on the flip side, you have J. Cole, who really focused on a sort of, minimalistic rap album uh kod which could be translated to many things um the title track is a banger and he's got some great tracks on there but there's something missing from j cole's album and it seems as though maybe with for your eyes only and now with kod 
both of which did well, but not as well as his previous albums, could it be that we've seen the peak of J. Cole with 2014 Forest Hills Drive? Um, while a track or two might make my end of the year list or things like that from KOD, it's not going to be anything that holds up a year from now. Um, even something like with the new rise of Cardi B, J. Cole is kind of losing his place in the fact that we're now having to split. Hey, we have to have actual rappers and then we have rappers who are also a part of the pop scene as well. And those slots are now having to be split by those two parties. And unfortunately, there's just no room. You know, five years ago, you could have said Kanye, Kendrick, J. Cole. And then Drake was going to be like this pop guy who was also a part of the R&B scene, but was at the, a rapper at the same time, you know, started from the bottom, these things like that. But now half of those spots go to Drake and his group. And then the other half go to actual rappers with Kendrick's rise of damn. And even with, even, even with his hangout festival, that incident that just happened, it's like, he's still going to remain at the top. Um, because he's kind of the biggest thing like, like that. And does J. Cole have a spot at the top anymore? I don't know. I don't know. And I honestly, I don't think so. And I think that his past two albums, his poor performance on those albums, I don't think really lead me to believe that he's going to find his way back to the top anytime soon. But moving on to like someone like Cardi B, then, then we, we end up at someone who's really, I mean, she's on Jimmy Fallon. She's on the, I think she was on the Ellen show at one point in time. I mean, she really has just completely saturated and permeated the mainstream faster, in my opinion, than I've seen other artists do it in the past to make it like that big. Like I know that her famous now, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like this like purring bird noise that she has, that she does. It's like you hear everywhere now. It's like she is, she's become a celebrity. She's become an icon. And not only that, but the radio loves her. And so, you know, is this a new era for maybe not female rappers, but you know, like what is, what does this mean for rap music now? Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess contrasting the two, I mean, obviously J Cole's album was, it was a fine album. I mean, For Your Eyes Only was just a snooze fest. I, you know, coming from Four Sills Drive, which is one of my one of my favorite albums of that year, uh, going into For Your Eyes Only, it was one of the bigger letdowns I've ever had uh, from an album. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, sonically simplistic, but um, and, and enjoyable, but just not. Uh, you know, the message of drugs are bad is just you know the more and more you hear it, it's like okay, let's let's get something new here. Um, and there wasn't really, I mean, like KOD was kind of a hit, but there's just not, he just didn't have the radio appeal, uh, that he's had before. And Cardi B, I kind of see her as like a girl Meek Mill, uh, in a way of just like, she is going to put out these, these just slappers that just like hit you right in your face. I mean, the first, from the first track, that's what you see. Uh, we need, we need to start keeping track of all these descriptive words. We've got bangers, we've got slappers, we've got. We need to keep like, a list. I like boppers too. Boppers is, is one of my favorite. I would can describe you, nice can, for what. Nice for what is a bopper. For what's sure. the difference between a slapper and a bopper? Um, slapper. I think slapper is kind of a, a more like 
dark vibe. And I think Bopper, just again, you're, you're kind of moving your head. You're, you're, you got a grin on your face. It's, there's a little bit of it. Are all of these under the tree of banger? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's the overarching thing for sure. The the um, theoretical framework of hip hop. We, yeah, that could be the next thing we break down, but <laughs> um, yeah. So this is, I mean, honestly, I had a friend text me like, you need to listen to this album. And I was like, eh, I mean, I really, I really did like Bodak Yellow. That is like a, like an anthem track, like one, probably the track from 2017. We may remember the most with maybe like humble. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something where, again, she's, she can show, she's shown that she has the ability to formulate these tracks that will be radio hits. I mean, I get Bodak yellow. Um, uh, what was the other Cardi, Barty or Cardi, like all these tracks. And, and she definitely showed like a wider range of just kind of moods on this track. She, again, she had the track with chance the rapper. That was a hit. Uh, kind of the more ethnic, I like it. Uh, different, she's been able to show different sides on this album and been able to do well with them. And it's it's definitely cool to see a girl uh, in the rap scene that like is kind of empowering girls with these lyrics uh, and, and just kind of showing you know you know a true individualistic side uh, with her. And so yeah, she. I mean, she still may be a flash in the pan. I mean, I don't know how she can, how much she can change up stylistically to like keep us interested. Um, but again, she, with, with the track she gave us on this album, I mean, there's definitely, again, she, she showed her ability to give us a wide range of tracks that, that hit differently for people, but in the same manner of just, uh, that do numbers. And I think, again, it's a very impressive first project for me. Yeah. And someone who it would have, it wouldn't have been surprising. And not because it was not due to anything other than just people have viral singles all the time that just disappear. That's not in rap. That's in all form, all genres of music. But the fact that she could then capitalize on a Bodak Yellow mm-hmm. and come out with this album is is worthy enough of praise that it's it invites anticipation for a second album. Not that we're done enjoying this one, but that it is... I think it it's a nice little welcome to the genre. You know, Lauren Hill is there, Nicki Minaj is there, and now Cardi B is there. And we'll see where that ends up. We'll have a, a nice little beginning of female rapper Mount Rushmore with Lauren Hill at the head and then Cardi B's face is being chiseled into it right now. From from one project. It's impressive. Yeah, we've got those three albums that have already been released, and that doesn't even begin to, I I can't even begin to fathom all the great albums that we have coming out, like a huge docket of music for this summer. We've got Travis Scott, who I will admit during our pre-show run, I accidentally called Tyler Scott. That's that's about the widest name I've ever heard. Even wider than Travis Scott. That's T- incredible. Tyler Scott. I don't know how I was on a plane earlier this morning. I haven't slept in a while. And so Tyler Scott's new album, Astro World, sure. which is a big one. We've got ASAP Rocky with a new album. Um you are probably one of the bigger Travis Scott fans I know. Um so what are you most anticipating for this album? Like what are you looking for compared to 
some of his previous work. Yeah, it's it's interesting because he kind of, I mean, at the end of 2017, him and Quavo released, released Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho, um, which kind of, not no, no pun intended, but it curbed my enthusiasm. Uh, huh? for, yeah, play the play the intro music or whatever. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's something where I've kind. I mean, days before Rodeo, his 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 last mixtape, going into Rodeo and then to Birds in the Trap, Sing McKnight, to Hunter Jack Jack Huncho, it's kind of been a steady decline. I think. Um, I don't. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe. Maybe he just isn't good at changing up stylistically what he what he has. And I think. Uh, what was it? Watch the the new single with Uzi and and Kanye. Yeah. Uh, that was a really good track. But again, it seemed like again, Hunter Jack Jack Huncho had this very generic trap beat to it. Again, felt very much very much like Travis featured on Amigos album more so than like Travis EPing his this this collab album. Um, oddly enough. I don't know if this is just me, but like the name Astroworld, like it kind of gives me hope for it, it, like a name for an album can like bear so much weight. Right. Uh, I think, I think honestly, like that's why I wanted Drake's views to be so successful is I just, I just love the name and like the representation. Unfortunately it wasn't good, but um, yeah, it's one of those things where I kind of hope that he goes for like this, this spacey, experimental trap vibe that was kind of on rodeo, but I, I hope he could kind of build on that a little bit more. Um, and I'm really, really, I'm a little nervous about it, the album. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he could become very much become a victim of overexposure. I mean, he's, he's put up, he's put out a lot of music uh, in the past couple of years, especially with, with features and everything. And, and I'm hoping that he, uh, whenever it is that he draw, I mean, he's already put up some posters or billboards uh like kind of introducing Astro World back into the uh, into the mainframe, but it'll be interesting to see if he's able to have enough focus to to really give us a great uh, album that's both un- original uh, for Travis and and a, and a and a pleasing sound uh, that kind of adds a new element to this this trap genre that he uh, has already added so much to. But I, I would like to again, as influential as he's been, I want to see him add on to that influence as someone who's kind of a Kanye protege in a way. I hope he is able to take uh, a little bit from him and, and build on his influence. Yeah, that's always the biggest stepping stone. Is you've pushed your jo- you've pushed your genre, and you've made leaps and bounds in creativity. But what becomes of the moment that you become stalled in that frame of mind is when people leave you. And so I think that's what has made Kanye so great is that he's done that. And even Drake in his moment is that when you think you've pinned Drake, you haven't. He's going to flip the script on you. And Travis Scott has the ability with Astroworld, which has a an amazing title. Um, one that does evoke a sense of high anticipation uh, Travis Scott has a has a real opportunity to prove to not not haters or not to fans, but just to people, just to the to fans of the genre, that he is a mainstay and that he's somebody who should be considered when talking about the grapes the greats of rap music at this time. 
And from there, then you have somebody like a, I mean, we've moved from anticipatory to someone who just dropped arguably the large, the biggest single of this year and very well could carry its weight all the way to award season next year. Uh, not only for the song, but also for the video. Childish Gambino's This Is America has completely taken the world by storm. If you talk about track names or album names that evoke a sense of just grandiosity, I mean, just the track name This Is America is enough to get anybody to, in this day and age, in this polarized political climate we're in um, it was enough to get anybody to watch and listen to the song and it brought people out and it kept people I mean the video is enough that it's had people talking where I work I've got people who have told me before that they don't really like rap music I, I can think of two or three people right off the top of my head they don't like rap music they don't really get it it's not that they are like anti-rap or anything like that they just don't get it um, they were the ones who wanted to instigate conversations with me about this is America, um, and the video and what it meant and the dancing and the violence and how to reconcile those two within the video and things like that, that it has stirred a culture conversation. And you mentioned this earlier that when was the last time a video really stepped out of its genre and inspired a cultural conversation that basically begged people to watch it. And if you didn't watch it, you were severely missing out on something. I don't want to put any names on it just yet, but it does go in the category of like, could this become a, a thriller-like music video that for its time, 10, 20 years down the road, we look back and we watch this video and it could be a great sociological learning tool that says, hey, this was America. Not that we had violence and dancing in the street, but that this was the type of music that was being made. This was the type of commentary that was being brought forth about the political climate at the time. Obviously, only time will tell, but it's enough that for the popularity of it and for the clout that Childish Gambino has that he brings in people from his acting career. He brings in people from his music career. He was just nominated for album of the year last year at the Grammys that he's not just a viral star. Like he does have a very thick following. Um, and not only that, but it's a, I mean, I don't know what word we want to throw on it, but it's, it's a slapper. If I got to, if I had to say so myself, <laughs> it's a slapper. Oh man. I would, it's like it's like a bopper slapper because again you have the kind of the the soulful melodies at the start and then it hits you like with the heavy bass line like when at the chorus and it's it's so it's it's got this kind of uh, crossover mixture uh, which again adds to its appeal and like then uh, yeah I would definitely say the video is something that uh, we will be talking about I think for a while in the sense of just yeah again it encapsulated kind of the the vibe of America. Uh, at once in a time where, um, although it was a completely different conversation, but kind of Kanye with his with his 
whatever you want to call it, debacle, kind of brought rap into this mainstream conversation. And then Childish Gambino uh, in, a, in a different way, but he was able to kind of then capitalize on kind of that opportunity of rap being such a, or a rapper being such a, a ubiquitous conversation starter um, to where, yeah, I, I, don't, I can't remember the last time a music video was just that, that prevalent. Uh, and it's really no small thing that we're, we'll get into in a sec, but I mean, nice for what was such a huge hit. Uh, and, and this is America took it down like that. And it's not, it's not, again, like we were saying earlier, like it's, it's not a song. that's like, you're going to play in the club or anything like that. That's like, like a party song, but like the fact that it was, it was so well done in like a socially conscious manner, uh, is something that stuck with me, stuck with a lot of people. And it, it'll be interesting to see if he kind of goes with this more socially conscious vibe on his next album. Cause again, I mean, you look at awaken my love and it went like, like a sharp U-turn from like what Charles Gambino was doing musically before. So it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, or if he switches up his style from either the single or from awaken my love, or just really what it'll be interesting to see and intriguing to see what direction he takes it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see, especially for someone like me who has never really been a fan of Childish Gambino. Mm -hmm. I feel as though when people ask me, oh, you like rap music. Do you like Childish Gambino? I feel like you would. That's always, that's always the, I feel like you would. And so he's always been somebody that I would like to like. Sure. That I would want to understand why I don't like him. And then like a slap in the face this is america came and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like how i perceived him it doesn't sound like how i thought i've heard him before but i mean he this single has really taken the world by storm and if you didn't know who childish gambino was before this song you definitely do now so i mean that album is going to be monstrous and obviously he has taken the 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 number one spot away from Drake, who had nice for what? Um, I think it was what fourteen weeks straight that he had it. It may have been up there. Yeah, I think I think it was I think it was a fourteen week run at number one. Um, that Childish Gambino took over, but that doesn't discredit from the fact that Drake definitely still has the popularity and should. God's plan, nice for what? Make the cut on Scorpion. It's gonna be a big, big album. Now, granted, this, we also had this with Hotline Bling and One Dance, with views. But yeah. as I will, I will defer the opening remarks of Scorpion to our <laughs> resident Drake Stan. Yeah, uh, is someone who understands him probably better than most people i feel like most people either try and corner him in a rap box or they only understand him from pop music but as someone who understands him from both corners how do you feel his album will fare in such a thick summer of hip-hop releases i mean clearly i think with you know, more life was something where, again, it, it was, it, it just, it, it still feels weird to talk about because it, it, it adds, it's just this monstrous quote unquote playlist that is kind of a part of Drake's discography in a way. But at the same time, it's like, 
okay, but this isn't like you would put this on the same level as like, you know, obviously take care or nothing was the same, just in it's just how it was presented. Um, but honestly, like, and I've had to do some kind of soul searching and again, putting Drake in his own box of not expecting him to do what Kanye is doing or do what, I don't know, Frank Ocean, what, you know, my, my favorite artist. He's, he's not, he's not on that level. He's not, and that's okay. Um, and God's plan and nice for what, honestly are, are, are kind of they're kind of setting me up potentially for a letdown because they're giving me more hope than I'd like to admit um, <laughs> I mean I literally I, I remember I mean the two people uh, that are m- musically inclined in my life most musically inclined in my life with you uh, and my friend Tanner shout out to Tanner he'll be listening to this soon um, but they they both of y'all like not, I don't know if despise Drake is the word, but in kind of despise both Drake and his persona wrapped into one and how he plays in the culture. Uh, and both of you un, un, unwarranted or like unprovoked, both of you texted me individually saying how much you like nice for what. Um, and it kind of had this universal approval rating for Drake that I haven't heard really since his, I mean, I guess you would probably say if you're reading this kind of was close up there. Um, but yeah, it's something where and God's plan was another one that obviously the music video was also very big for that. Uh, and the message was pretty good. Uh, and it's something where it definitely has, you know, Drake has, has been on some features. He's, he's put out these singles. He hasn't really missed yet in 2018. And it gives me a lot of hope. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this production will have a more consistent feel than his past two projects did. Obviously it's not what we ex- would have expected from more life, but views just you know went in a ton of different directions at once and it 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 just felt so erratic not not in like a a planned erratic like like the life of pablo was but just kind of in this it didn't know what it was um and i'm hoping that he's able to kind of channel his energy uh and kind of learn from his past mistakes uh in, in both that way and in kind of the bloated track list that both views and more life had uh, you see maybe, you know, kind of this, this good, this good music, uh, mass release that's about to happen with kind of the shorter track lists. Um, we'll see if that's like something that's going to become more of a trend, uh, with these big artists. Uh, I mean, it didn't really work for Post Malone. So I, I wouldn't put a ton of stock in that, but I, I'm hoping that he does, that there's not a ton of filler on there. Another thing is obviously I talked about album titles in the past and Scorpion, it kind of sounds like like an angsty metal kind of album. It doesn't like it doesn't like when I hear the word scorpion, like a hip hop album is is not like the representation I would ever think of. Um, and so that that kind of has me worried. But I am I'm glad because he, he put out those jackets that he sent to a bunch of celebrities and that he's been wearing a lot consistently that have uh, June 2018 as the release date on them. So. I mean, it's kind of hard to go against that in the sense that sometimes he's pushed release dates back and it seems like he'll be good on his word to this one. And even though More Life was, again, such a weird release, I would definitely say from views, it was a step in the right direction. And with these singles, he's got some momentum built up. So I'm hoping that he can build on it to where we get a kind of a classic Drake project that goes up there with, again, nothing was the same. Take care. And if you're reading this. 
I can think of very few celebrities, if any, who have tapped in to what young American culture wants more than Drake. Yeah. I cannot think of any celebrities right now that do. I can think of celebrities that can tap into us talking about them, one of which we'll end this podcast with who whenever he opens his mouth, we have to talk about him. But it's not necessarily what we want to talk about. Drake, somehow or another, always knows what we want before he before we even say it. Nice for What is such an interesting song because it's a female banger. Which we don't get. I mean, what we have Cindy Lauper, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and then... <laughs> What do we have from there? Drake's nice for what? And it's something along those lines that at one point in time, it's really annoying because it is it it can be seen as pandering. But at another point in time, it's just it's a great business decisions. And if you've got mm-hmm. the ideas, then, you know, smoke them if you got them. And I I am honestly so I think that's what nice for what became for me was just this I almost laughed when it came out with how popular it was that Drake will always figure out the pulse of America at the time just a few months before America even knows its own pulse and what that looks like to music is that Every summer, Drake knows exactly the banger we need. And even if you don't like it, it's like you're going to walk in any restaurant, coffee shop, Target, Walmart, whatever. And over the PA system, you're going to hear one dance. You're going to hear Hotline Bling. You're going to hear Nice for What. And it just becomes the song of the summer. And whether or not it's artistically pleasing, whether or not like we We'll give it awards around this time next year. You know, whatever. He has tapped into the art, the entertainment pulse of America. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I can't think of any other artist within the past. I mean, Beyonce? Maybe. Maybe. I think, I think, I think Post is getting in kind of that territory of yeah. like, even even if like you don't like... Like the idea of Drake or Post, even if like, yeah, it's not like your style, you don't like what they're going for. Like you still, when you hear that music, you you, you your your foot naturally kind of starts tapping and you start bobbing your head, and you're like, it, it's just something about it. It's just the the simplicity of it, the 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 shtick that they go for. Like it's 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 something in their formula that just. And Kanye said it before. He said it in. Um, one of the Zane Lowe interviews, Zane Lowe brought up Drake to him and literally Kanye couldn't say anything other than like, it just works. Like it, like it's hard to, it's hard to put a finger on it or figure out what it is exactly he's doing, mm-hmm. but whatever he's doing, it works. Yeah. And I don't think that we, we watched LeBron tonight and people keep coming up with these excuses that it's, Oh, that's that energy is going to run out. There's no way you could make it to the finals. There's no way you could make it to next season. There's no way you could make it to, you know, 
what he's in year 15 there's no way you could make it to 20 years you've been playing since you're 18 all this kind of stuff and it's just continually whether you like him or not he's continually putting up 40 point games and with drake it's like oh surely this is another just viral sensation like you're not really gonna keep doing this and for whatever reason every summer over the last few summers he's had something to respond with that has really just taken the radio and those who listen to it by storm and obviously the radio becomes like a euphemism for people who just shuffle their spotify or for people who just you know that it's like they really don't know what they want but then drake comes on he's like oh wait here's a female banger for you you didn't even know you needed that Happy birthday, Summer. <laughs> but nothing can compare to the good music onslaught that we have coming this summer. We've got Pusha T, Tiana Taylor, Kanye Solo, Kanye Kid Cudi. And I would bet that there's probably more coming too. That we are about to see a mass outpouring of record label good music this summer i mean obviously one can talk about kanye's twitter rants one can talk about you know what that means for politics and whatnot but most people probably think it's i say most people i've heard a lot of people think it's a marketing scheme so it's probably not even worth it to talk about it i think that there's something more there but i digress because we're just going to talk about his music. But even still, we've got Pusha T coming up. And as of an hour ago, a few hours ago, we have videos of his listening party. And it sounds like the title track is going to be... Or not the title track, excuse me. The opening track is going to be an absolute... Slapper. Is it going to be a slap? It's going to be a slapper. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's not going to be a bopper. It's going to be a slapper. No, slapper. Lift Yourself by Kanye is a bopper. Oh, for sure. But uh, Yay versus the People is a slapper. True. Real quick, rank off the top of your head of the five releases that have already been announced. Rank for me your excitement level, obviously from one to five. Of good music releases? Yeah. yeah. I've got Kanye TurboGrafx-16, which probably isn't the title <laughs> anymore. No way. There's no way. Uh, at number one, I've got... Kid Cudi, Kanye, number two. Pusha T at three. I, is there five? I can only think of four. Nas. No, oh, excuse me. I for, is he signed to Good Music now? Or is it just, just Kanye's producing it? Yeah, say, I just know Kanye's producing it. Then I'll just say, I'll do... Kanye Solo, Kanye Cuddy, Nas, Pusha T, Tiana Taylor. I don't know enough about Tiana Taylor. Yeah, same. But seems seems like kind of a six man. Uh, it, I've like I've liked her features. Well, that's like, Pusha T is kind of the same way for me, where it's like his stuff on Cruel Summer was amazing. I I had the same list, except I would put Pusha T above Nas, if only for the reason that this is the first installment of it, and it'll be the like kind of the Kanye's back in album form kind of introduction and that that to me is just i mean by the time we get to nas and we already have kanye cuddy and kanye solo like are, are we really gonna pay that much attention to nas probably not i mean i'll definitely listen to it but since, um, yeah since since hip-hop's dead nas has just kind of been off the map 
Yeah. So it's like, I'm not real. Like, it's more of like when Hollywood reboots one of your favorite children's movies, children's books, and you're like, I'll go see it just because right. it's there. I know it's probably not going to be that good, but like strictly for nostalgic purposes, I'll go see it. This feels like a reboot mm-hmm. to me in a sense that it's like, I'm more excited for Nas just because, you know, ask anybody and they'll probably tell you that Illmatic is arguably the greatest hip hop album of all time. So it's like, it, you know, Jordan playing for the Wizards in 03. It's like, he's bad, but it's like, we're still watching, you know, Kobe retirement game. It's like, let's give him all the shots in the world, but it's like, we're still going to, have fun watching him and stuff like that. And it's just like the victory lap that, Hey, you've already solidified yourself as arguably the greatest of all time as one of the greatest of all time. And with arguably the greatest rap producer of all time. So should be a fun listen. Even if it's only just like a, you listen to it on the train ride and then right. You're done with it. But yeah, I mean the Pusha album is going to be, I feel like I really I get really excited for Pusha T's albums and then get really disappointed in them. So I, you know, but as Drug Dealers Anonymous was great, and we'll see, we'll see how. And then obviously, I can't imagine that Lift Yourself and Yay versus the People will make appearances on Turbo Graphic Sixteen. Considering it's a seven track album, I am praying to God that it's that neither of them, if both of them are on there, it's going to be very disappointing. But I, especially. I mean, first off, if you if you are like personally offended by kind of what Kanye presented with "Lift Yourself," at least lyrically, like you probably need to. I mean, it's, it's you kind of need to chill out a little bit. I mean, like clearly, again with kind of the build up and obviously like his tweet about it, and then his like this next verse, like how he was building up, like it was very much a satire and and something you should not tr- again wonderfully produced track. Same with. I mean, yay versus people is simple, but I, I still enjoyed it. And then it still gave me hope that Kanye still has it. I mean, I'm sure he does, but I mean, it was just, it was just hilarious. Like how, how can you not just like sit there and be like, what just happened? But I agree with you that I, I truly hope that neither of them make the album. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine they will. Um, but at the same time, when life of Pablo was released, when it was still called, I believe so help me God we had 10 tracks. Right. True. And now we have a life of Pablo that has 20 tracks that has had at least three major iterations. Very well. Could have been more that we didn't know about. There's minor tweaks here and there. So I'm hearing seven tracks, but I'm also hearing, eh, we could end up with like 10 to 15. That just it, also kind of like- could, it could also come out in September for all we know. I mean, and that's the thing. And I know that famous was originally Nina or like Nina chop turned into famous, but apparently there is Nina chop is its own track that actually didn't make the cut. Things like that. It's like Kanye has never been one to like even follow, whether he knows it or not to follow his own release strategy. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. He has Cuddy as a co-artist. So, We'll see what happens with that album, because if I'm Cuddy, and I haven't had a very good track record over the last few albums, I do kind of want that album out, right, as soon as possible. I want to see, you know, if you look back at at least Kanye's seven solo albums, there's always been one prevailing, like defining characteristic that you could carry from each album that kind of shaped the genre. 
in some way or will continue to shape the genre or just was something that was very just unique. And I'm wondering how Kanye comes about that in this album. And I'm sure he will. Cause again, I, I don't think that he himself, I mean, I, at least I hope not that he wouldn't have it in him to put something out that is just kind of a, uh, you know, let's see what happens. Like it'll be, I think from the Charlemagne interview, you know, he definitely made a comment in there about how, I guess you would say kind of hurt he was by the fact that there was no real radio hit from this, from this, from life of Pablo. I mean, people streaming numbers were on the side of like father stretch my hands part one, but you're not going to, I mean, with the opening line, obviously that's not going to play on the radio. Um, and with famous, obviously that kind of got, I guess, quote unquote, blackballed in a way, obviously because of the Taylor Swift controversy. So it'll be interesting to see if he, one, if he now tailors it more for the radio and get, kind of goes for more of that vibe and two, kind of the numbers this does. And obviously we're not going to get into kind of our own beliefs about the Kanye controversy or what and whatnot. But it'll be interesting to see with kind of, again, a lot of Kanye's quote unquote true fans or like day ones, how kind of hurt they were by Kanye's remarks and actions. Uh, But also on the other side, like the Make America Great Again crowd that, I mean, I've I've definitely talked to members of that crowd and they're like, they've, he's piqued their interest now because again, he's obviously made comments that are, are pleasing to them. So it'll be interesting to see if both of these crowds come out in full force to kind of form maybe this like massive listening at, in at least the first week, but uh, it'll be interesting to see again, the, the initial hit and then how this album stands the test of time as, as one of Kanye's, you know, in the pantheon of his solo albums. Is grand is Kanye being grandfathered out? I think this album will show that, that it's, he's been at the top of his game for quite a while now. Um, obviously Yeezus black skinhead plays at arguably any sporting event that you go to. True. Uh, life of Pablo though, three years later, you end up with a, maybe father stretch my hands, maybe a fade here and there on the radio, but nothing really that cracks the top of the charts. Yeah, if you look is, at like, yeah, I, I'm wondering if that's if that's going to be a a trend that it's like is that the way that we're moving that we just we take him as his own entity and we're not really going to pull parts from him that we've done in the past. Like, is right TurboGrafx 16 going to be released? And it's like, oh, that's great when you take it in the entire context of Kanye, right? Um, that you do that you're going to rely on stands and you're going to rely on yeah, of just being if hey it's it's Kanye mm-hmm. that's I mean that's what we do like that's just he he's going to get a Grammy nomination for it you know he's going to get all this kind of stuff but it's like popular music may have moved on already yeah and, and I think that that's probably the, the the greater possibility considering yeah like you're saying he's he's over 40 years old now I mean you look at you know, Jay-Z's 4 for 4, which was my favorite album, very critically acclaimed album 
and maybe the release had some the way it was released had something to do with it but i mean there wasn't a hit off that album there wasn't anything i mean maybe story of oj but like really it's it's this again yeah obviously popular music is a function of what the young adult the the majority of young adults want to hear uh and kanye again just with his natural age is probably not going to have that same effect as i mean again if you look at like his Spotify top five right now. I mean, it's, uh, if I, if I looked again, I'm sure it's like stronger gold digger power. Um, I mean like definitely those three are at the top and those have been out for so long. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, if he kind of sees the writing on the wall, I mean, you, you, you see every, I mean, obviously he has his fashion line. He's trying to build like his own community. Yes three kids now i mean it'll be interesting to see if like this will be kind of the the closing of the chapter of kanye as we know it of maybe like a solo artist maybe just goes into production or uh you know how this will change due to maybe the perception of the release or just like how he feels about his own music and how how it portrayed to him uh it'll again yeah so it'll be interesting to see moving forward how this kind of mass release of these five albums how if they if they revive him or if it's just something where it's like okay it's not really there anymore it's time for me to kind of focus on things that maybe appeal to me a little bit more at this point the only bad part about talking and predicting kanye is that everything we say is most likely going to be wrong true um which I think is the only way that you end discussions about Kanye is that it's like, well, but what the hell do I know? Only he knows. I mean, for as many things as we thought we were going to get with the life of Pablo, I feel like we got sure. the exact opposite of what we wanted or what we thought we were going to get or what. And yeah. And now that I, now that I think about it, I mean, the fact that he's releasing a collab album at the same time as a solo album, honestly makes me think it'll be more of a revival uh, because, and, and really, I'm, I, the more I think about it, the more I'm excited for that collab, because, I mean, you think about every track that Kanye has done with Cuddy, and I, I can't think of a bad track that they've done. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it starts with Welcome to Heartbreak, and then you get into Gorgeous, um, Guilt erase Trips me. in there. Erase huh? Me. Erase Me. Um, Father Stretch of My Hands Part 1. I mean, he, they are they work really well together. Um, and, you know, obviously, collab albums, are they can kind of be hit and miss with different tracks, even watch the throne had some hit and miss tracks on there. Um, and you know, with again, kids see ghosts, it kind of feels like this, like oh, honestly, like this weird, like maybe conjuring of the dead sort of thing of like, you know, with, with people in their life that have passed on or just like this more, again, they've dealt with a lot mentally. Maybe it's a more melancholy vibe, or maybe it's just like this, like break out into like, you know, as Kanye has said before, you know, this like getting out of the sunken place, you know, but it, it just maybe I'm very that that one almost it doesn't intrigue me more than the solo album. But uh, the way, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like you're saying, very unpredictable. So, uh, you know, that's part of his mystique. It's part of why we love him. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see where this all the, the way these albums are produced and the, the way they're different, the way they're similar and obviously again just the the albums that kanye is rapping and singing on are the ones that we're far and away most excited about yep we i think back to over the last now two years uh 
all the stuff that's come out where we saw um, Pete Rock release a video of some tracks that he was working on with Kanye where it's going to be a lot of, I mean, like a Pete Rock jazzy rap track. Um, we had the, was it with ASAP Rocky that the uh, tracks got released? They got leaked that Kanye was doing trap stuff with them. I think so, yeah. Um, so there's stuff like that that it's like there's always little bits and pieces here and there, but also at the same time it's like no one really knows how he works behind closed doors and he could have just scrapped all of that. So with that in mind, we'll reconvene at the end of the summer <laughs> and we'll look back and kind of go back to this podcast and say like what were we right about? What were we wrong about? What are we looking for in the future? We very well could get to the end of the summer and be like, all right, we're still waiting for Cruel Winter and TurboGrafx-16. Honestly. So we were supposed to have TurboGrafx-16 in February, or, uh, Cruel Winter, February of 2017. And here we're we are. Have, we're supposed to have three albums a year. And that, let's, let's, let's just say he hasn't lived up to that. No, we might get like three tweets a year or something like that. <laughs> Maybe that's an album to him. But anyway. We're pushing an hour right now, and honestly, yeah, I feel no. like we could go another hour, but for the sake of our listeners, we will we'll let you go. But stay tuned for more Stone Podcasts on rap music, on sports. Daniel, a pleasure as always. I'm your host, Benjamin Goff. We'll see you here next time on the Stone Podcast. Stone Podcast.